1: Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you?
2: I'm good. Looking forward to this guest. It's uh, it's going to be a busy week of shows, so uh,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. Excellent. And we're here with the people's person, Emmett Golden, ESPN Cleveland. How
0: are you, mate? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really excited to join you.
1: Good, good. And I wanted to get you on the show. We've been talking about this for uh, weeks now. And it's great to get you on there. And I thought I'd help you out. You've had a bit of beef recently on Twitter. What's going on?
0: Yeah, uh, I I guess I, um, we know what happened on Sunday between Baker Mayfield and Hugh Jackson. And I said in that moment, I thought Baker was being petty. Well, I ticked a lot of people off here in Cleveland by saying that uh, (laughs) people took it as, you know, I don't like Baker Mayfield is, you know, we finally have a good quarterback. Why are you being so negative? Uh, It was me critiquing a moment, you know, that he had, but for some reason or another, I'm not a, I'm not a, a favorite in Cleveland as of right now, anyway.
1: But we're going to change that right now, uh, mate. You're a superstar here in Britain. So, uh, guys in Cleveland, you know, we all say some st- do stupid things, say stupid things. We all love Baker. We're all on the same page. Let's uh, let's stop the hating, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I love Baker. I'm rooting for him. Listen, I'm rooting for the Browns to win. I honestly don't care who's a quarterback, who coaches. I just want to see W's. Excellent. Same here, too. And yeah, once again, thank you very much for your time. Someone like yourself giving me time to show to the Browns community. You're a great guy. Thank you very much. No, thanks for having
0: me. I mean, you know, seeing you guys come on over and, and you know, be on Twitter and attend the game, I thought it was awesome. So I, I couldn't wait to, you know, have a chance to join you.
1: Excellent. Good. And look, uh, the, the, the main thing what I'm trying to do at the moment is there's Browns fans globally everywhere Australia, Ireland, Israel. And I just want to get everyone to know that as Brown fans, not just in the U.S., we're absolutely everywhere.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. That's one thing that, you know, people in Cleveland are really proud of is the support that the, the Browns get worldwide. And when you hear players and coaches say that it's the best fan base uh, in the world in sports, it's accurate. And, you know, being, for lack of a better term, on the front line here in Cleveland, I see it every day. Browns fans, uh, they definitely let their voice be heard all over the world, and we're tremendously proud about that. So
2: um, if you could go out for a drink with any player in the organization, who would you go
0: for a drink with? Um, I would like to have a drink with Hollywood Higgins. Um, That's, (laughs) that's my guy, you know, on, um, on our show here on the next level, we have a a sound drop that we play, you know, whenever he makes a a play and whenever we mention his name, Uh, I just, I love his story, man. The guy, you know, was drafted, then got cut, then was on the practice squad and probably the receiver that Baker Mayfield trusts the most. Uh, and I think his, his nickname is awesome. So uh, the fact that they call him Hollywood, he'd be the, the Browns player I'd like to have a drink with. Now he's massively
2: broke out this year. It's uh, been fantastic. So if you were John Dorsey for the day tomorrow, what's the one move you'd make?
0: Uh, I actually wouldn't do anything to the team at all. I mean, the way that they're playing under Greg Williams and the just the way he has those players working hard every day, I wouldn't change anything about the team. If I was John Dorsey for a day, I would focus on finding a receiver, whether it was who's going to be available in free agency next year. Uh, in the draft, I would spend my entire 24 hours looking for a number one receiver, because I believe from an offensive standpoint anyway, that's the only thing the Browns are missing.
2: Is there any of them in free agency that have, taking your interest? Obviously, we don't know the final list, but you've got... Yeah,
0: I... There's not really that guy, you know, that would put like this. If they're a free agent, they're probably not a number one receiver because you're not going to let those guys go. You're going to franchise them. You're going to do something like that. Um, So I'm not sure that any true number one, you know, a Josh Gordon without the baggage, uh, Odell Beckham, and, you know, (laughs) Antonio Brown, those type of guys, they don't really grow on trees. You have to find them. But the cool thing about John Dorsey is I know that he will look everywhere to find that guy and, you know, in uh, the Mid-American Conference it's, you know, right here in Ohio and in a few states surrounding it, the MAG, that's where Antonio Brown and some guys uh, came from. So I know that John Dorsey will do his job and will, you know, look under every rock to make sure he can find a playmaker to, to give to Baker.
1: I'm back again. Sorry for the technical issue. A question for you, Emmett. What body part are you willing to give up for the Browns to win the Super Bowl? And, mate, you've got to think that the Cleveland fans are not on your side at the moment, so I want something big from you.
0: Right oh man. man well I don't see I don't know I've been jaded because I, I was at the uh at the game seven when LeBron and, and the Cavs won the championship but uh if the Browns win a Super Bowl um
1: let me see I'm right-handed I'll give my left hand how about that <laughs> you, mate. <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest take we've had in Cleveland so far Emmett so you're doing really well
0: right awesome <laughs> awesome
1: Oh, right, excellent um Jack, do you want to fire through on the um, on the Bengals yeah, game, mate?
2: So, where were you for the Bengals uh, Browns game, and what did you make of it?
0: Yeah, so my one day off a week, we work six days a week here, and I do uh, Ohio State Buckeye stuff on Saturday. So, Sundays is th- that's my day off. Um, I watch the game over at my aunt's house, like I do, you know, all the time. It was something that I used to do with my dad years ago, a huge uh, Browns fan. We lost him 12 years ago uh, to cancer. So, now I spend my Sundays with my aunt because she's a huge uh, Browns fan. So, I always watch the game uh, with my aunt, and I thought it was great because it was – the game was never really in danger. I mean, in the fourth quarter, once it got down to about 15 points, you're like, hey, you know, what's going on? You guys playing a little conservative here. But it was awesome because it's the first time I can remember – The Browns really kicking somebody's rear end from beginning to the end of the game and and not being upset or worried or going, oh, my God, they're going to go Browns here. Uh, (laughs) We weren't worried about it at all. Uh, So it probably was the most fun I had watching the Browns game in a long, long time.
2: Yeah, sort of end of that first half, I was like, let's score more than either the Rams or the Chiefs did. And let's just go out and do it because that
1: would have been awesome.
0: Yeah, I wanted I was hoping for 60 points. Do like Ohio State did Michigan, you know, run up and throw 60 on them.
1: Um, yeah, I was really, at half time I was really, really quiet and I was like, we're not going to do anything brownsy, we're not going to do anything right. brownsy. <laughs> like, don't say anything on Twitter, just keep it calm, Paul, keep it calm. Right, right.
2: And I, uh, so, what was your top highlight of the game? What was the one moment that you went, wow? Uh,
0: I think Nick Chubb's catch. Uh, in the end zone when he, you know, caught it on the the defender's back because Nick Chubb's not known for receiving, you know, uh, catching passes out the backfield. He's known as that hardcore, you know, grounded pound-type runner with breakaway speed, and I think we're seeing the new dimension to his game that wasn't used when he was at Georgia. And I don't think defenses have have even really thought about, um, you know, kind of scheming things up for Chubb to come out of the backfield and catch passes. So that was probably my favorite play because I didn't know that he had it and him, and you go, wow! This guy can catch two like that. Like, man, the Browns got a heck of a playmaker in the backfield.
2: Yeah, I was, I was celebrating at first that he'd stopped the interception. It wasn't even like that's going to be an interception. And then it was like, yes, he stopped the interception. So I was like, I was happy with that. And then when you find out he's actually not only just stopped the interception, he's actually boy it, it was awesome. Um, and yeah, it was great? Your is where anything little thing you saw that just went, wow, that was good, and that surprised you.
0: Uh, I think the protection um, that the offensive line had for Baker Mayfield, I thought was really impressive. Um, I don't believe he he was sacked uh, at all, and I know they get the ball out fast, but there were a few times they took shots, and, and Baker had a clean pocket. He had, really had a clean pocket, and you know we get caught up in the highlight plays. I mean, it's just part of it. That's the exciting part of the game, but I think the offensive line and their play was really overlooked on how well they handled the uh, the Cincinnati pass rush. I think it was all. Awesome.
2: Yeah, no. Greg Robinson, uh, when he came in, everyone was giving him hate. I was like, I, I really like this as sort of a, a sneaky little signing. And uh, I wasn't expecting much from him. But I was like, if someone goes down, he's going to come in and do a really good job. And
0: uh, it's been awesome. Uh, he'll probably yeah. end up
2: with an extension now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would think so. And, and, look, you know, it's going to be real hard to uh, – I don't think you can replace Joe Thomas, you know, a guy with that level of pedigree and play. I mean, he's the first Ballet Hall of Famer. So, whoever they put over there, I just – my thought was, man, let's get the guy that has some big shoes to fill and he's not going to be able to fill them. But, you know, Greg Robinson has been doing a solid job right now. I think the Browns uh, were, were right in rolling the dice on him.
2: So, other than the behavior of a few of our players, what's, what's the one thing – you saw in that game that you want to fix?
0: Um, I, it was funny. So I just gave the offensive line, you know, some props. I'll take a little bit of credit away from them because I didn't think the Browns ran the ball as well as they had been running it. I know Chubb ended with, I think 84 yards on 28 carries, some something to that effect. I know he got in the end zone, um, but one, one of those runs was 27 yards, so if you think about it, he really had a tough day running the ball, and there just weren't many lanes open to run. But I don't really think it was the offensive line's fault so much than it was that the Bengals said, we're not going to let Nick Chubb beat us because I think they've seen him hit those home runs over the past few weeks. So I think that's the one thing, when I look at the game, I was a little disappointed in is that they, just, they ran it because they had the lead, but they didn't do a whole lot in the running game.
2: Yeah, I think it was one of them where it got sort of the um, third and fourth quarter. They, they just packed eight men in the box and it was like, that was the moment. I just wanted a little piece of play action and then right, it, right. throw it 10, 10, five, ten yards and see someone just like Callaway just disappear down the field for a touchdown. It was like, throw something in there. But hey, we're not used to from a nope. got, the play calling <laughs> perspective. Miles ahead by halftime. It's oh, miles heading by the end of the first quarter. It right. wasn't sort of a scenario I think they game plan for
0: oh for sure for sure i think it caught them by surprise but that's a good problem to have you know hey they didn't run the ball well when they were up
1: three <laughs> touchdowns that's a great problem to have. Uh, emmett i know you haven't got a lot of time so we'll, we'll get to the point how many more um browns wins do you think uh, we've got this season so uh my heart wants to say three more wins but i'm doing my
0: best to kind of you know be objective so i'll say two for sure um but i could see them getting three easily i i I've, you know, I know how it is. I'm a Browns fan. I've been this way my whole life. And when some momentum starts, we really hit the gas as friends. And we go, where are they going to the playoffs? They're going to win nine games. Um, but I think they'll definitely win two more games. And my heart's telling me that. They'll probably win three. And I think, you know, you end the season with seven wins after the way it started. And I think that's a pretty good season.
1: All right, excellent. And uh, we always ask all our guests this question is we want a very, very hot take for the rest of the season. Something a bit crazy is going to happen. Jack's already called one this Saturday of Randall giving the ball to Hugh Jackson after an interception. Is there anything crazy you think that may happen in the last five games? In the last five games, wow. So, like, it's not really a hot take, but I would, one
0: of the things that jumped in my head is that Greg Williams will end up being the head coach uh, of the Cleveland Browns going forward. I don't know if that's hot enough for you right. guys or not, <laughs> but I honestly think, I mean, the way that, that this looks like a different team. And it starts directly at the top because the players are the same. They didn't, you know, turn over the roster. They made one change, well, two. They made a change in head coach and a change in offensive coordinator. And this team is clicking and they're rolling. They're playing like they believe. They're disciplined. You don't see a ton of penalties anymore. And I think that's all due to Greg Williams. So, I don't know if that's hot enough for you guys, but I'm going to say Greg Williams will end up being the head coach for the Cleveland Browns.
2: Uh, It's it's going to be interesting. I think I don't know if they'll – potentially look at putting Arians in above them and keeping Greg and uh, Kitchens where they are but it's going to be fascinating watching a coaching search rather than who are we going to take number one in the draft for a change.
0: Oh it's great and uh, look when you host a radio show on a podcast like you guys do whenever you have stuff to talk about it's always good for business so the Browns uh, coaching search is going to give us tons of content to talk
1: about. All right, excellent Emmett thank you very much for your time where can we find your details? Oh, you can always find me on Twitter at EgoThe80,
0: and you can also stream the uh, the next level. Uh, three, well, I don't know what time it comes on over there, but it's three to six here, uh, Eastern Standard Time in Cleveland. You can stream that at ESPNCleveland.com.
1: We well, certainly have a lot more British followers now that you've been on our show, and uh, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for squeezing us in your busy diary. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to coming back and joining you too. No worries, and hopefully
0: we'll meet in Cleveland one day. Oh, for sure. For sure. Let me know next time you guys are in town. All right, excellent. Thanks a lot for your time. All right, take it easy, guys. Appreciate it.